Hello and welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, counseling astrologer and author of the Planet Waves horoscope. By the way, Planet Waves is about to have its 25th anniversary as a website on December 21st. Ain't that grand. Okay, it has been a very exciting week here uh, at Planet Waves. I've um, I finished everything except this podcast, and then I'm going to um, decide whether to do the Libra reading tonight or tomorrow. Um, for those of you who are waiting for it, I never do these readings uh, when I am in any way squeezed or pressed for a time. There's got to be a lot of runway on both sides. Hence, I have waited until I got all of the exciting materials for this week out of the way. My oh my. Okay, so um, just as a um, brief check-in with the current moment, as I begin speaking to you, the galactic center is rising to the degree, in fact, to, to about four arc minutes. Um, it is uh, 27 and change, Sagittarius rising. And then uh, also at this exact moment, the moon is about to make a conjunction to Neptune, it's one degree off. So Neptune, as you may have read in previous uh, works or heard on this program, is currently square the galactic center. So that combination of Neptune at 90 degrees to the core is spiritually confusing. It makes it unclear what's true and what's not. There can seem to be two different definitions of the truth. There can seem to be two different uh, ideas calling you, but I will say of the two, the homing signal that is uh, prudent to tune into is the galactic center. Neptune is often a distraction. Yes, perhaps it makes a nice tune. Perhaps it is a muse at times, but it also is more associated with illusions uh, than it is with reality. And it is easily corrupted. Hey, look, nothing against Neptune. It's the modern ruling planet of my own sign, Pisces. But I see the uh, I see the problems here on planet Earth. Um, okay, so um, the charts I've used for this horoscope mainly are the October fourteenth eclipse of the Sun in Libra. And then the October 28th eclipse of the moon in Taurus. Uh, but I have only used the Taurus eclipse for a couple of the signs. More, you know, I'll, I'll check in with that one more on the, on the um, moon ruled sign. So it'll have more influence, for example, in the sign Cancer, more in, in the sign Pisces, more in the sign Taurus, all of those more closely associated with the moon. But really the pivot point, I think, uh, right now is this um, eclipse in Libra. Though uh, one thing I will say is that we're having two eclipses in a row in Venus-ruled signs. And Libra is the Venus-ruled sign that is about balance and, uh, and aesthetics. And Taurus is the Venus-ruled sign that is about stability and quality. And also aesthetics, but it's, it's more about the, the, the beauty that arises from quality. Okay, so uh, this chart is, uh, is this quite an exciting chart. Um, it, it is so because the moon and the sun form their conjunction near the south lunar node, and this is happening at the midpoint opposite 
mid the the the, the midpoint opposite Chiron and Eris. So just to give you an idea how that looks, and it's it's in it's in the chart. Chiron's at seventeen degrees Aries, and Eris is at uh, twenty four degrees of Aries. Actually, seventeen plus and twenty four plus. The, the the new moon eclipse <clears throat> is opposite both of those, splitting the difference at twenty one. So um, it is it is going to be activating and bringing in. Uh, everything that is currently on the uh, the the Aries Libra axis and the Aries Libra axis, as I mentioned um, in uh, in my podcast yesterday, that's at planetwaves.eu. That's on the Planet Waves Substack. Uh, if you if you like my work, get used to the fact that I'm going to be on Substack. Uh, the Venus Juno Uranus shocked relationships Mars Eris account for projection. There's a lot of good information in there talking about relationships and the way this Aries uh, Libra axis is about projection in relationships, what the problems are with projection and some things about what you can do with it. But the first thing to do when you notice, well, <laughs> when when things are weird, notice whether you're ascribing things about you to someone else, whether positive or negative. And look, technically, the Jungian definition of projection really is about the projection of shadow. But there's something else that goes on in projection where we project kindness onto others, goodness onto others, good intentions onto others, abilities onto others that they may not have, that may be the things that that we have, but we're eager to find them in other people and eager to see the best in others. So progression, sorry, projection works in, uh, in, in both directions. So this chart is largely about uh, the, 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 uh, the Aries Libra axis, because look at all that stuff concentrated up on top toward the, toward the right in, in Libra. There's four points. Pallas Athene, an important asteroid. I talked a lot about that last week. Um, Mercury, we'll get back to that in a second, and then Sun, Moon, and then the South Node, of the moon. South node of the moon is a point of release. It's a point of letting go. It's also a point of protection. I've only ever read this in an ancient astrology text. Maybe it was some old text out of Hebrew or Valens or someone like that who says that the south node is about protection. It confers protection. So where you have the south node in your chart, the nodes are very hard for a lot of people to figure out. Where you have the south node in your chart, look at the topic of that sign in that house and do an evaluation and see if there's just not something a little special about the way that you're protected, that uh, that people can't quite get at you there uh, the, the, the way that they could or things that might be problematic are mitigated. That is the property of this eclipse. Okay, so when looking at the uh, the eclipse, an eclipse, look at look at the ruler of that sign. So it would be Venus, right, among two. So the eclipse is in Libra. Venus, Venus is the ruler of Libra. So take a look at Venus. Venus is in Virgo, soon to be heading for Libra. But Venus is conjunct this interesting point. It's that circle with the line through it, which nearly no astrologers use. and was more popular in the 1970s. It's called trans-Pluto. It doesn't really exist. It's a calculated point, like a lot of things in astrology. And what it is doing is focusing a process that may seem either highly critical, it's sometimes overly critical and narrow, or 
integrative. So it has a way of bringing, bringing together, this is how it's designed, TransPluto brings together uh, facets of the orbits of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto and stitches them into one, uh, one kind of planet. It moves very slowly, something like 50 years through a sign. It, it was in Leo my entire career and started... Not, when I started, it was not even in early Leo, and uh, and now it, about some years ago, six five years ago, it moved into uh, Virgo. I'm not sure I've got an ephemeris handy, but anyway, uh, this is uh, suggesting to not judge yourself too harshly, and to tap into your inherent natural beauty. Um, the, the, Venus is about women, and uh, there is something really strange going on. Where it is now, we are now being conditioned, and I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if this horseshit wasn't coming out of a public relations agency or some think tank of industrial psychologists or the Travistock Institute, where it is becoming offensive to consider women beautiful. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm not saying that men aren't beautiful, but there's something about women that is evocative of the goddess, or that it can be. And if, if people, including and especially men, are not allowed to view women with reverence and respect for their inherent natural beauty, something's really wrong in the world. So I would be very cautious about taking this on in any way. It's going to come with self-judgment. It's, it's, no, it's not a friendly thing for anyone to be offended by someone appreciating them, we all need to learn how to take nourishment in. It's a very serious problem. And all of these food allergies and food disorders that we're experiencing are all associated emotionally with an inability to receive nourishment. And that's not just food nourishment. It's emotional and psychic nourishment and spiritual nourishment of many different kinds. And so, um, you know, we live in a, in a time when like everybody's running around with six food allergies. Well, the spiritual piece of that is how was your absorption? What, what in, why do things inflame you? It's just worth it as an abstract question. Remember, I'm trained as a gestalt therapist, right? Not some kind of a psychologist. And in gestalt therapy, you, you take the metaphor that's extant in the body and you translate it to a spiritual state and you take the metaphor that's in a spiritual uh, description and you translate it onto the body and you move uh, quite deftly back and forth between the two things. This is why Gestalt therapists are always studying your hand gestures when you're speaking. They want to see what your hands are doing and what your feet are doing because your hands and your feet are speaking a language of their own. And it, it may comport perfectly with the words that are coming out of your mouth or the position of your hands, your feet, and your spine. Um, may, may have absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with, with the words and th the thoughts coming out of, your, out of your mind. Now, speaking of mind, I want to check out one last thing in this chart, and then we will move on. There is a very powerful Mercury-Chiron aspect. See if you can find it. The moon and the sun are on the top, uh, top of the chart, a little toward the right. The moon looks like that crescent. I've colored the sun in yellow to indicate that there's an eclipse. 
Right next to that is a little green guy with horns. That is Mercury. Mercury has the number 17 next to it. Follow the yellow line down to Chiron, and you will see that Chiron also has a 17 next to it. Chiron and Mercury are in an opposition. The opposition is less than one-third of a degree. Approximately a quarter of a degree, actually. And so when you have a powerful Mercury-Chiron aspect, there's something there about intelligence. There's something about an alternative kind of intelligence. Someone, for example, who might not seem that bright in school because they can't play that particular game, say, for example, in a natal chart. Almost everyone with the Mercury-Chiron aspect has this. They don't quite fit in in school because they can't quite play the game. They're more interested in a more organic, natural form of intelligence, not the kind that's trained uh, like the Stanley H. Kaplan test, excuse me, test preparation program. So what's that about? So there's there's an indication here to not judge your... Uh, your your level of intelligence, but rather to be with your intelligence and to remember that coming from Libra, intelligence really has an aesthetic sense. What is beautiful about an idea? What is elegant about an idea? Right now, these days, we evaluate ideas based on what riles us the fuck up. Something's right if it really pisses you off. Something is a good piece of writing if it makes you want to throw up. There was a whole South Park episode about that 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 very thing called Scrody McBoogerballs, where this book that uh, that the kids wrote as a joke to to get a bestseller, and it becomes one makes everyone want to throw up, but everyone thinks it's the best book ever written. And they're making the talk show circuit, you know, all the all the talk shows on all the networks, and everyone's puking. But it's the best book they ever read. That is largely the state of writing today. It's the state of ideas today. We must do better. What is beautiful? What has a sense of balance? Where is the perspective? Question mark. All right, signing off from Kingston, New York, 1.59 p.m. on Thursday, the 28th of September, 2023. Thanks for listening. Lots of love. And bye for now.